Welcome back to another episode of VHS Files presents The Horror Section. This podcast contains spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Now your hosts, Josh and Jason. Enjoy the horror. Welcome back to the VHS Files Presents the Horror Section, the podcast where we take a movie off the horror shelves and look for the almost famous, a bigger quote, and the good, the bad, and the ugly. And how are you guys doing tonight? Mr. Eric is joining us once again. Special guest, Eric is on the show once again. So rare, such a, so rare to be here. It's great to be here again. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. It's been a while. How have you guys been? How's the show been? Feels like it was 10 years ago. You're lucky we let you on here. The redheaded stepchild of VHS files. Yeah, we were just having a big discussion on if Eric has graduated from the School of Horror yet, and I, th- I still think the uh, the debate's still going. These two, these two started watching movies younger than me, therefore they they feel like they have some kind of advantage over me. It's unfair. <laughs> They're picking on me. I am pretty pretentious, I have to say. Yeah, Josh was even in a band called Pretentious at one time, so. That's how full of myself I am. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so, and that's a real thing. That's not even made up. That's how pretentious he is. <laughs> well, this week we watched a grand old horror movie, one that I did not see when I was a kid, and it was my pick. This week we watched Stuart Gordon's Reanimator. The movie of the week. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. He's brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 unit barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. <laughs> but lately, they're getting out of hand. <laughs> and he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? He's dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. It was fun. One you didn't you didn't see as a kid, even though you're a horror graduate. You know, is this mandatory education for a horror fan, Jason? Can we can we talk I about know. this? I don't. I it's mean, there's there. a lot of people out there who love these, but I mean, it's not up there at like with Freddy, Jason, Michael. It's nowhere near that. Which are lowly, like, bottom-of-the-barrel horror movies, according to Mr. Eric over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Leatherface, Exorcist, no, all that no, stuff. No, no, no. You guys are adding and, and subtracting things that I've said here, and that, oh, that's no. not accurate. Although I will say 
the the Friday Thirteenth movies, you know, are largely CD level films. They're they're pretty much garbage. Yeah, like I I mean, but but you know, uh, Halloween or or Texas Chainsaw, those are those that's A class. That's top of the top up there. So Ooh, and there's a big spectrum, and I love it all. I love the whole spectrum, you guys. As, he just as do you. he's in the bottom of the barrel, dude. <laughs> that's all right. I mean, I don't know. I think we just lost some listeners on our horror <laughs> section here. Sorry, guys. Well, you know, as being a fan of Friday the Thirteenth, I can I can actually hang when someone says that it is bottom of the barrel because compared to something like Halloween, it it doesn't doesn't even compute to be honest. So that's okay, Eric. I forgive you. Thank you. But I mean, still, this movie. I mean, I know that we all went to the video stores back in the day, and this was always on the shelf. And yep. I was actually kind of like. Because I believe back then it was R-rated or X-rated when this movie came out. And even my mom, who let me watch movies with nudity and gore in it, I don't think she was big into me watching this. Like, she would look at it. She's like, ah, let's pick something else. I don't blame her. And then when I did see it later, I was like, I'm kind of glad my mom didn't let me watch yeah. it. <laughs> Not when you want to watch with your mom. Yeah. There's a meme. There's a meme on Twitter or Instagram or somewhere that I saw it. And it's one of those where it's like it shows you a scene from a movie and it goes when I'm by myself in my room. And then the next one is like a picture of the guy holding his head to her to Barbara Crampton's crotch. And when my parents walk in the door in the room. Oh, yeah. Perfect movie for that kind of a meme, for sure. You know, I, I felt like I wasn't part of the horror crowd a little bit, considering I hadn't seen this. This was a technically a second watch for me. I watched this movie last year and I think we considered talking about it at some point last year, but things just got mucked up with our schedule and we ended up not talking about it. But this movie blew me away and I was texting everybody and I was like, dude, we got to talk about reanimator. This is the perfect kind of movie for our show. <laughs> like, and I, I got to say like, even though I've, I've only got I, at this point, I'm only three full watches into this movie and I fucking love this movie so much. Yeah. I mean, this was my second watch. And as well, I watched it, uh, you know, as an adult first, mm -hmm. you know, I, it wasn't one I saw as a kid or younger, or whatever. Um, so I hadn't seen this in years. So this is really my second watch. And uh, I enjoyed it more this watch than the first. Uh, the, the first one, I, I think I wasn't quite sure what was going on. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes <laughs> the second watch. Yep like clicks with you better mm -hmm. so you know yeah the first one i was like okay and then uh, and of course i appreciated all the moments in the film but then this time you know i was more along for the ride with yeah. everything else and it was a more enjoyable watch this time well i still have yet to see the sequels to this so that's something we have to look forward to here maybe but those same will yeah pop up on a horror section in the future but as far as this one goes like i said directed by Stuart gordon this was his first uh, feature that he directed and after this he would go on to do a bunch of very popular 80s horror stuff from beyond it was the next year dolls uh ended up doing stuff like uh castle freak which brought back a lot of the same cast and he's very famous for working with jeffrey combs who's in this along with barbara crampton so He's also made some not so great horror movies from what I understand, but none of those I've seen. I actually did watch From Beyond and Dolls uh, after I watched this because I just kind of wanted to get familiar with more of his stuff. Those are some interesting ones that will be fun to talk about on the show someday, too. I thought it was uh, great. I mean, going back through this, like I said, I didn't watch this a lot either. I mean, I had seen it as a teenager and stuff like that, but it definitely didn't stick with me until I was older and watched it. 
but you go back and you check out Stuart Gordon stuff. I mean, not only did it, was he a director, but he wrote, but he, uh, he wrote one of my favorite B horror movies, the dentist. He wrote that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you probably mean that with what's his name. Uh, I can never remember the guy, the name of that movie, but he also wrote honey. I shrunk the kids. Yeah. He does have a writing credit for honey. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> so we go from headless crotch moment to honey. I shrunk the kids. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, no headless crotch moment in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That would there. be a very different movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> this was released October 18th, 1985, budget of an estimated $900,000 with a box office of $2 million. So yeah. pretty successful for a horror movie back in the 80s for a small, small little micro budget. And this was released amongst the likes of Silver Bullet, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, Demons, Fright Night, and Return of the Living Dead. Ooh, stiff competition right there all the way across the board. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Heck so, of the year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of really good horror movies this Every year. Every year around this time was like that. <laughs> yeah, the, the 80s was prime time for good, cheesy horror movies, and this one was right there amongst the best of them. So are you guys ready to get into a little bit of trivia from 1986? Ooh. Oh, 86 no. or 85? Oh, I'm sorry, 1985. <laughs> <laughs> that was a test, and we passed. There you go. On October 19th, 1985, the very first blockbuster video was opened in what city? T-minus 30 seconds. Obviously, yeah. Jason didn't do enough homework there. T-minus no. 20 seconds. I lied. I didn't do any homework. <laughs> <laughs> Well, since it seems as though nobody knows. We don't know. No, we don't know. Dallas, Texas. Mr. Texan over there. Ah, (laughs) Mr. Texan. Dude, we didn't have a Blockbuster. I had a local-owned video store, so (laughs) probably couldn't afford shit from Blockbuster back then. Yep, it was opened in Dallas, Texas by David Cook due to the collapse of the oil market. Um, His wife had the idea, and... um, he had written the programming for um, like big inventory management for for oil businesses. So he kind of applied that to big inventory for mu- uh, for uh, movies, and Blockbuster hmm. was born. Interesting. Cool. Right here in the great state of Texas. Now he wants credit for it. Now, another Blockbuster question here. Oh. What genre of movie did Blockbuster opt to not stock in their stores that was a big moneymaker for independent rental stores? Porn. That didn't take long. (laughs) Bam! Yeah. Yep. That would have been my guess. The cooks decided early on that Blockbuster would be a genital-free zone, stating that we we don't care if you watch pornography. We just don't want to sell it to you. But they had Reanimator. I'm about to say they had (laughs) Reanimator. Dude, they I know that. Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> softcore. They were fine with softcore. Uh, soft, okay. Not, not yeah. hardcore pornography. Well, that brings me to the, the question of the night. I, I'm just going to get right to it uh, up front. Okay. Did Josh see pubes? <laughs> <laughs> That's all, Josh. But they weren't men's pubes. They were female pubes. <laughs> I don't know how you could have missed them, to be honest. <laughs> all right. Reanimator was brought to life because Stuart Gordon felt as though vampire films were oversaturating the horror genre. So he wanted to do an updated Frankenstein story. And someone told him about the H.P. Lovecraft um, story. 
uh, Herbert West reanimator, and therefore this was born. Now, in 1985, there was a loose interpretation of Frankenstein release called The Bride. What 80s rock star was the lead role in that film? Sting. Eric, we're starting to learn that you aren't. Yeah, bitch. Get the (laughs) fuck out. Go to detention. Go to detention. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Not only that, it's Sting, dude. Come on. I, I remember watching that one quite a bit on cable as a kid. That was a good dude. That's actually a really great Frankenstein movie. I think that's going to do it for our questions here because I just realized that the one that I have here, I've already given you the answer to. So didn't do very good on my my part this time around. So Lovecraft? No. Well, I mean, it, it has to do with Lovecraft because, okay, I'll go ahead and tell it to you even though I've already told you the answer. Reanimator was loosely based on the H.P. Lovecraft story, Herbert West Reanimator. Stuart Gordon will go on to direct another Lovecraft story the next year from Beyond starring which two actors from Reanimator? Mm. Mm-hmm. And I already said Jeffrey Combs and Robert Crampton, so yeah. shot myself in the foot there. Well, let's start talking about Reanimator. Uh, again, basically a second watch for me, a second watch for Eric. Jason, you would probably be the one who's seen this more than anybody else. Tell us a little bit about your history with this one. Well, like I touched on a little bit. I mean, like we talked about the whole video store thing. I mean, my mom would let me go in and rent whatever horror movies that I could find, but this is one that she made me pass over many times, but I, I eventually to get around to watching and i was probably in the middle teens and uh back by that time she didn't care i mean i was listening to the music that was more vulgar than most movies so <laughs> but uh i watched it i don't know if it was the x-rated or r-rated cut i don't i still don't think i've seen maybe the x-rated i cut. think back then probably the only thing we could have seen at that time was the r-rated cut yeah but uh yeah it was definitely a hard movie to watch i think as a kid i mean you're you'd really don't it doesn't have just a straight story of what's going on and of course the the sexual stuff i mean you're coming into that at 14 but you're like whoa this is way above my pay you know this is above the sears catalog so (laughs) you know yeah you're not up there to you know headless vagina sex so uh (laughs) i hope i never am actually but uh like i said it wasn't one of those films that stuck out to me as a horror have to but i mean i know that the following for this movie the, the fans of this movie are hardcore They're, oh yeah to them it's a top-notch horror movie it's a have to type thing but i mean well we that's the biggest reason opinions. i talk that's the biggest reason i talk a lot about Stuart gordon too is because he kind of comes attached to that he was mm-hmm. sort of the 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 catalyst for bringing all this hp lovecraft stuff to film early on like he did yeah and I mean, I have tons of friends who love Lovecraft stuff. I mean, I was even in a band. We wrote songs about HP Lovecraft stories with our buddies, Jim Dodge and Jeremy Wills. So that's how I got to know more about Lovecraft was through them. And then mm-hmm. realizing they made these movies and this movie was a Lovecraft story. Right. Well, loosely. Right. It's it's kind of more Frankenstein. Than I think, yeah, I think everything's kind of just loose as far as all of them. Well, in more ways than one. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've probably seen it more than you uh, like guys in total, but as a sit down all the way through, this is maybe third or fourth. Yeah. I mean, compared to how many times I've watched Halloweens and Fright Nights right. and all that stuff, this is so not very a low super on the list. special movie for any of us, really. No, it's not. It's still a good movie, but it, like you said, if you watch this as a kid, you don't know what the hell is going on. You're just there for the gore. 
mm-hmm. you know, sure. then you realize more of what's That's going most on. Most of story. why I'm there now, but well, I'm I'm there for Barbara Crampton, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> I watched her new movie, uh, Jacob's Wife, on Shutter. I haven't watched it yet. I want to. I heard she's pretty good oh, yeah. in it, to be honest. But dude, she still looks pretty good, <laughs> too. She's so. even she's made a resurgence in horror here recently too. I mean, she was in the Year Next uh, movie that came out a few yeah. years back. So, all right. Well, first things first here with this is the thing that I notice is this opening title sequence and score. I mean, it starts with uh, with Herbert in the college, and we don't know what's going on. There's just some crazy shit happening in a classroom. And um, you get the whole opening scene with Herbert West saying, I gave him life, you know, the, the classic Frankenstein moment. But what gets me every time with this movie so far is every time the title sequence comes up, because I think psycho ripoff psycho 100 yeah, percent. yeah it, as soon as it comes on you're just like whoa what yeah i'm like how the hell did they get away with this to be honest yeah i do like that animated intro though that i love despite the yeah yeah all the all the uh, uh anatomical drawings the anatomy stuff yeah yeah the thing i thought was funny about watching it this time is i'm listening to the open sequence and I thought back to some of the stuff they had said that Stuart Gordon was originally going to do this as a, uh, a play. And then as a TV series, mm-hmm. go back and watch it again. That opening credit seems like the opening credit for a weekly TV show. Yeah, it does. I can, I mean, exactly. Yeah. Like it's like it murder. She too. murder. She wrote. Yeah. It's funny how like some movies you like, once you find out about the production of them, you, you know that they were initially planned to be TV shows and, when you watch them in that capacity, like again, with David Lynch and Mulholland Drive, that Mulholland Drive was supposed to be a, a, a TV show for ABC. And watching Mulholland Drive, I can really see the layout of it being a TV show that had to be formed into a movie. And and much like this, this kind of feels like something that could be episodical for sure. The intro, like you said, the music's definitely a psycho ripoff. Plus there's hints of Friday the 13th, but Friday the 13th was also <laughs> a, a, a psycho ripoff too, so. Yeah. I th- th- now going back talking about horror knowledge, do you you remember watching the first Swamp Thing movie? I have not seen it. Dude, neither. Uh, it's uh, Wes Craven did it, but mm-hmm. they use the music directly from Friday the Thirteenth in that movie. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, dead on. There, I mean, it's not even like we're trying to hide it. It's the same damn music. Now, there's also something else in this opening sequence that got me the first time I watched this, and they're talking about this dead professor and they're talking about dr gruber hans and then gruber. later they call him hans gruber <laughs> i didn't notice that you didn't wow dude no. y'all did a diehard episode without me you know come on know, all right it. we're taking his action card away too his horror cards out the window action card taken gone <laughs> I think you can well that's my point is i think you can know die hard and not know that this was here but you know, this is one of those things where where you watch it a few times, you start to pick up on that stuff. But I got it from the first note when they said his name. I was like, is this a coincidence? But apparently there's no connection there. Like they didn't name the character in Die Hard after this doctor or anything. It's just a crazy coincidence. That is crazy. Yeah. Hans Gruber. <laughs> no, nobody threw him off a building. They just stabbed him with stuff and his eyes exploded. Yeah, that's some great makeup right there in the beginning of this. And oh, yeah, you get exploding eyeballs right in the beginning. Well, not only that, even the the bladder effects under the skin with the veins lifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I mean, because I think everybody on that was working on this movie was relative new, right? To their craft that that they were doing, 
and i mean that's there's some actually pretty good uh special effects practical makeup in this movie that's oh yeah i mean there's some stuff that's really bad Hmm. and then there's Hmm. stuff that's okay so it's kind of par for the course for for the the 80s movies it's under a million dollar but yeah i mean and and when you get into uh, to the next movie from beyond you got a lot of the same sort of style of makeup there but then they started interjecting visual effects in there as well and some of the visual effects and from beyond are really really bad (laughs) but Mm. with this one i mean you you've got the dead the dead folks in this movie that look very similar to the original dawn of the dead zombies with the blue makeup and whatnot real heavy on them uh, again, I don't know if this was, this obviously was never thought to be something you would, we would watch in HD because that's really what blows out all that color and that we're seeing now is all the makeup and whatnot. Now that we're watching these movies in HD format, but yeah, I mean, but still it doesn't, it doesn't really degrade the makeup work here because I'm loving every bit of gore I'm seeing on screen. There's some things that look better than others, but yeah, yeah, I, I think that's it. Maybe inconsistency, but some of the stuff looks really good. Yeah, yeah I'm, I think I read that uh, Stuart Gordon, they went to a lot of morgues and mm-hmm. checked out body because he wanted to get, like, the blood pooling in the skin, you know, after you know, right. the mortis is starting to set, and he wanted the bodies to look realistic as they could when they were dead, mm-hmm. just laying there. And I think he did a pretty good job of that. Yeah. For- right, and using a lot of, like, just real bodies, too. I mean, you, I, I think there's something there's um something about this movie that's a little more uncomfortable because there's a lot of naked people in it. yeah and, the, <laughs> like, and the fa- yeah. they're just so like comfortable like it it makes me a little uncomfortable because i'm just not used to i don't you know what I'm right saying? yeah i mean i understand what you mean completely and it even goes into the first scene that we get to after the openings here um right. with uh dan kane he's you know trying to revive someone that has just passed passed away and or you know their their heart has right. failed. it's a woman it's a fully nude yeah, woman. yeah fully nude woman and, and a, a bigger woman as well so it's just it, it kind of puts you in a situation where you're like should i even be seeing what's going on right now yeah you feel like you're yeah you feel like you're not supposed to be in the room mm-hmm. yep I mean, it really just, it's a real body, not off camera. It's right on camera. Yeah, it it, it doesn't hold back from that stuff. And that adds a, a level of, you know, like a visceral vibe to this movie that yeah. other movies don't quite achieve just because it's... Right. It's, it's definitely a lot more of that later when, when all these corpses start coming, you know, sure. becoming oh, reanimated. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, usually we're just seeing dummies like laying on, on tables and whatnot, but you can tell, you know, or clothed people, I yeah. mean, clothed zombies, like not just fully naked zombies. Obviously we do see naked zombies from time to time in zombie history, mm-hmm. but bodies are just on display in this movie. And, and it, it's kind of a reminder of how much is, covered even in movies that we these crazy horror movies that are super gory and super Mm -hmm. you know like r-rated and and we're still used to as as american viewers especially just used to having bodies covered we're we're not used to seeing naked bodies on camera this movie also is a great example of how the mpaa really had it out for stuff like friday the 13th because this managed to skate by on a NC seven, well, on a, on a on an R rating, and I can you know I can't imagine they cut too much out of this that I didn't see in the unrated cut, and like, but they still hacked a movie like Friday the Thirteenth to pieces, 
and, and, and like there's stuff here that completely rivals anything I've ever seen oh. in a Friday the 13th movie. Oh, yeah. Sure. The whole <laughs> yeah. do, the Dr. Hill stuff later is yeah. way worse than any death scene that they took out of a Friday the 13th movie. Right. And in Friday the 13th, you usually got either nudity going on in a scene and then gore somewhere else. You never had them on screen together a whole lot. There's an additional step here, too, and, and it's not just the, you know, his decapitated head down at, at her crotch, but also, like, him, like, touching her body and oh, stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. like yeah. Mm-hmm. You you really don't see a lot of that, even in sex scenes now, right. nowadays. Like, I, there must be some rule with, with, you know, ratings and stuff like that. Like, you can show nudity, but you can't show touching or you can't show groping or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But, like, you know, his severed head's on the table and his <laughs> his headless body is really just groping her and and it is like uncomfortable yeah like it is just like ugh. like i i mean think of how many horror films you've watched all the heinous horror all the topless women they're you know naked women are everywhere in horror movies but something about this scene is just really icky think about this and uh a movie i don't know if josh has ever watched it like i spit on your grave that really pushes the boundaries of some mm-hmm. horrible shit you know and that sure. that movie was uh i don't know if it ended up being x or nc-17 but i mean i know that it went in the theaters and only didn't even last a week they pulled it out of theaters. yeah i've seen that and i got this right here i think makes me a little more comfortable <laughs> as far as what's going on there i mean we well yeah that i mean that's that's also an extreme example yeah yeah so that is that is yeah arguably worse and th- but that this this is so outlandish and crazy it at least has that yes yeah. removed from reality a little bit. And it's easy, like, you know, especially from someone like me who hasn't seen this movie a whole lot, um, watching it the first time and then going into it again here the second time to do for the show. Um, it's easy. It's, it's weird because that stuff is so gross and uncomfortable, but it's easy for that stuff to get lost in what this movie is like when I think of reanimator, I don't think about this whole subplot of Dr. Hill having the hots for Megan and all of the, like, and she's really the catalyst for where the movie ends up in the end. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's, it's yeah, she's weirdly almost like a main character. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, you kind of think it's going to be Dan, but by the end you're getting a lot more Megan than Dan Mm -hmm. and you got Herbert in there, but he never really feels like the main guy either. He's just a prick. It's a weird. He's just an absolute yeah. prick. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's an asshole. Well, now that we're here and we're talking about Dr. Hill and we're talking about Herbert, this is where they meet because now he's at the, the new school. We met Dan and they're down in the morgue and Dr. Right. Hill comes in. And dude, a lot of people might think that Herbert West character, you know, was it Jeffrey Combs mm-hmm. that plays him? Yeah. Might have been overboard. I actually like the overboard acting he does in this movie because I think it, it fits him like he's taking his role serious oh yeah through the whole movie and i think i like the performance yeah, too i think right? it's great yeah. i mean a lot of people be like well okay dude this is a cheesy campy 80s movie no he come into like this like no i'm taking like this is you know we're, we're trying to win an oscar here <laughs> with going overboard <laughs> and i'm like but i love it i mean because a lot of movies that it's a total like turn off you know you're like ah he's overacting dude you realize what you're making here yeah, I mean, but no, the, it works. Yeah, the whole I intro- love it. The whole introduction of him to Doctor Hill and how he tells Hill that he's shouldn't be teaching people because he's teaching them the the wrong information. And, Your new teacher. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I mean, I don't even think Herbert is a, a teacher. I think he's coming in as a student. No, a student. Yes. Yeah, he is. He is yeah. a student because Dr. After they meet and he calls him out and you can already tell that he's rubbed Dr. Hill the wrong way. Uh, he's like, yeah, so I'll, I'll see, see you in class. In class. Yeah. So yeah. Herbert is just a student. I mean, yeah, I mean, he is not on the same level as Dr. Hill, but he's basically called him out. Like, I don't care what you say. You know, you're wrong. And this is this is what I kind of want to get into from the get go here is we've got this whole cold open with Herbert and whatever happened with Gruber at this college and or, or this school of medicine. And then all, all of a sudden he's here. We don't know what preceded. No, I mean, yeah, it, it could be a prequel. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we don't have any of that story other than what we saw in the cold open. Yeah. I think they ran him out of Switzerland and then he just ended up in Massachusetts. I mean, he gets away with, he gets away with what happens to the Dean here too. Right. Keep in mind. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's a slippery fellow. He is. And but, you know, Megan, it, she's not buying his bullshit from the get go. She knows there's something up with she, this dude. Yeah, she's kind of even like when, uh, you know, there we get our mandatory nudity scene of Barbara Crampton. That's one of my here. favorite transitions in this movie is how he's tickling her in the hallway and going, no, no, no. no, no. And then no. it cuts to, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I like that. Whoever did the editing in this movie, give him an honorary uh, Emmy, Oscar, whatever. That was a great transition right there. That was, that was <laughs> Josh, fantastic. You, you watched, uh, you said you watched uh, From Beyond and something else that Stuart Gordon did. Did he do... Because right after that, they, they're in bed together. We get our first kind of handheld camera shot, mm -hmm. like right over their shoulders. And he does that a few times in this movie. Right. Right. Where where he's like, just it's like very shaky cam mm -hmm. right over their yeah. shoulder kind of thing. Does he do that in other movies? There are a couple of instances of that in From Beyond, I believe. And Dolls, Dolls was after From Beyond. And that one seems a little more polished, honestly. It's definitely nowhere near as good of a movie as this. But I kind of liked the up close camera yeah mm -hmm. vibe particularly when he's scaring her he's got the sheet on him and yeah i and, love that you know, the camera's I, kind of running through the house with them i like how he see how he sits up and imitates the corpse and everything yeah foreshadowing josh that's called foreshadowing <laughs> didn't he didn't he say that when he lifts up he goes Barbara. thanks for always reminding me what foreshadowing is eric <laughs> <laughs> he always forgets he always forgets i gotta remind him every time yeah, he does call her Barbara. Well, that's uh, that's the other thing I can't really put my finger on here with Herbert West is he shows up here wanting the, to rent the room. We saw earlier that Dan has, has got a house and he needs to rent the room out so he can afford the, uh, the house. And he comes in with a fistful of money and he's like, this is perfect. I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm kind of with Eric here. I want to know what the story is before he gets here. I want I want that prequel story of how he ended up. Uh, back over here because it seems like he should have gone through quite a bit to get out of the situation he was in at the beginning of this movie to just show up here and start our story. It seems like a similar situation, right? right? Like he ends up reanimating somebody that works at the university. Yeah. Josh, Josh wants to in between movie pre animator. Yeah. Well, I mean, pre-animator. Yeah, pre-animator. Pre -animator. <laughs> there we go. We got it. We're, let's start writing the script, guys. <laughs> we, Movies are always good when you start with a name first. Yeah, we, and then yeah. Write the we, we got the name. That's all we need <laughs> to go from there. <laughs> We're also introduced through this sex scene to Rufus the cat, which is going to play a big part coming up here shortly. Are we? No, we're there? not really there. Do I, we see Rufus alive in this movie? No. Yes, we do. We do? Where? Because after they get done with their promiscuous sex scene... He, the cat jumps on Dan's back. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's where we meet the cat for the first time. I forgot about that, too. I was distracted. They were talking about Rufus and then all that. Yeah, I remember that. To be honest, if that, I mean, they could cut that scene out and it wouldn't make much of a difference and we would never see Rufus alive. That would be kind of funny, to be honest. (laughs) Well, that's what I thought because I didn't even remember it. But go ahead. I want to talk about the the, talking about the the gory and the special effects. We get uh, Herbert's interaction with Dr. Hill in class Mm -hmm. and we're down there and Dude, that's great when he's talking about how you peel the skin off of the skull. And I love how he grabs it and pulls it around. Get your fingers under it. Get your fingers under it. Peel it like an orange or something. Yeah, dude, that's that's great. 1980s, that's that's some great effects right there. I mean, that's gooey awesomeness right there. Yeah, yeah. They take the time to really like, okay, you want to see something gross? And then the bones, and then the bones all yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's he's holding that person's brain in their hand, and I like how he looks at him. Six to twelve minutes, yeah. and then hey, well these are yeah yeah. I love the pencil break. I was I was you did it. I broke Jason just broke a pencil. Good work, good work. That's funny. I mean, that's you know that's the the sense of humor in this movie. And West is no you sense know, of humor. Jeff, Jeffrey Combs is like Curious. you know really kind of like you said kind of pushing it and playing just this really crazy he's snapping pencils as the guy's trying to talk just staring him right in the eye like that stuff's funny if if jeffrey combs would have won any kind of award that would have been the reel they'd had to have used was just him sitting there with the pencil and snapping it you know (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that's the i i feel like that the second watch was helpful for that for me like understanding the humor of the film understanding like the, the the tone better uh-huh. you know the first time watch i wasn't totally like it wasn't clicking for me but this time i was like i i, I got it you know i understand what you're going for and i'm well let's I'm make down. no bones about it i mean i i love this movie even though i've not seen it as many times as some other horror movies but this movie makes about as much sense as something like maximum overdrive like the science here is no good. Uh, it makes no sense the way any of this would work. We'll get to that later whenever uh, Dr. Hill has lost his head. But like I that's the biggest issue for me because because, yes, I think most things make some kind of sense, except for when we get to him. Yeah. Um, a mindless body. Mm-hmm. You know, all this talk about brain and brain death and all this, that's the biggest argument with everybody. And then he squirts it in the body and the body comes to life. There's no brain in there. Right. (laughs) Well, we actually get the first glimpse of creepy Dr. Hill at the Dean's house. And for anybody that may be listening that has not seen this movie, I don't know why you'd be listening if you hadn't seen it. But, you know, Megan is the Dean's daughter. It, it, all these people are connected in some way. And then, yeah, but this is actually a really small movie. Like we're, we're like never outside, Mm-mm. right? We're never outside. I don't think so. Is there an outside scene? I don't think so. Mm-mm. We're, we're always either in on a set. We're, yep. we're always on set. We're basement, either in the hospital, basement, morgue, basement, apartment, house, Dean's yeah. house. Yeah. 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 We're never outside. There's, there's really just like a hand. There's like 20 people in this movie. And that includes like a bunch of nameless characters, you know, <laughs> right. like zombies. It, it guys, really is yeah. a small operation. And Jason, you know, Jason I, briefly mentioned Dr. Harrod earlier, and that is Stuart Gordon's wife. She's in most of his movies. The, the, the nurse at the beginning that's uh, oh, okay. telling, telling Dan that she's gone and all that stuff. That's, that's Stuart Gordon's wife. 
Oh yeah, Carolyn Purdy. Yeah, she was Gordon. in From Beyond too. And dolls. But yeah, we get the creepy Doctor Hill because he's obviously googling over Megan and stuff like that. Then we get back to the apartment. Megan and Dan are there, and she's like you said, she's been creeped out about Herbert West the whole entire time. And they start looking for Rufus. The cat's gone. Where the fuck is the cat? I'm just imagining this scene now without ever seeing the cat and thinking how, <laughs> how silly it is that we would have never seen a cat that they're so worried that's, about. I don't, I, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, he's got a cat. Okay, <laughs> sure. It's funny the scene where the cat jump, you know, attacks West and it's all over his back and he's trying to hit it off his back. Yeah. Or chase the cat around. This is all just complete goofy slapstick. Mm hmm. Well, again, it feels like it feels like something you'd see in a play, which this was intended to be at first. If if you think about it, the movie basically plays out like a play. Like you have very few uh, backgrounds, you know, more yeah, yeah, right? apartments, a few sets, a few and, sets and that's how it plays out. But hey, yeah. oh, one thing of knowledge: Did you do your homework? Did you nope. know that the cat in the refrigerator was real? In the refrigerator. Yes, that no. was a real, a real dead cat, real or... dead cat. Wow, no, I did not know it that. Looked pretty real. Yeah, the one in the refrigerator, not the one we're going to talk about on the table. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what's bad is you're like, uh, he's being attacked by the cat. And Dan's down there, and he loves this cat, and he ends up slamming it in the damn wall. And you can see the brain like <laughs> stick to the wall, and it slides down. I'm like. Holy yeah, we got lots shit. of good splatters on walls in this movie. I think there's a, a particular point when um, when the body of Hill comes in, uh, uh, and gets Megan later, he slams Dan against the wall, and Dan's head like makes a splat on the wall. Yep, yep. Dan's head, uh, when when uh, Hill gets thrown, his head gets thrown to the wall, there's some brains stuck to the wall, the cat. Yeah, some good wall wall splatter. This is the first time we uh, actually get to see in this part of the movie with the whole reanimator, the serum, or, or this, I forgot what he actually he calls it something. The reagent. Reagent. Yes, I can't. Yeah, I can never. Uh, well, we should say that that West says that the cat was already dead when he found him. He was going through the trash and got his head stuck in a jar and suffocated. <laughs> wow, that's very uh, very believable. Yeah, it's a little a little a little sus there, Herbert. Yeah, yeah. Worked, genius could have worked on a better excuse there. <laughs> anyway, more like uh, yeah. I wrapped the bag around the cat's head and uh, suffocated it so I could do yeah. experiments on it. So it does really doesn't take Dan long to get on board here. I, you know, like you'd think he, our character Dan, the straight laced good student guy, would, but he's he's on board pretty quick. How do we feel about Dan here? Because I feel like he really takes a back seat to Herbert and Megan. And yeah, he's there. Uh, totally agree. But he kind of goes up and down. He's like, I'm here, and then I'm not. And then I'm here, and then I'm not. But he's definitely... Sure, I mean, he bridges the gap between the two, right? right. They're the two extremes. But Megan is so level-headed in this movie. Like, she's... I, I actually kind of realized this time how right she is. Actually, also, her dad, the dean, is very right when he realizes immediately when dan talks about this reanimating the cat and everything D the dean immediately goes you guys are out of here yeah yeah and he was right yeah absolutely he was. you know like they play him like an asshole but he everything he does in this movie is right he's looking out for his daughter looking out for the school 
yeah, he he wants her to be taken care of, and you know he wants to be with a good guy. He was all right with Dan. Well, he was clean mm-hmm. with everything, but once he gets involved with West, who's obviously trouble, he goes, "No, that's it." And he was totally right. Megan, Megan is is the smartest person in this movie. And to be honest, like that's throwing a stereotype uh, upside down for for an '80s horror movie. Usually, the girl Absolutely. is not the the smartest person in the room in those movies. Okay, Dan obviously is easily manipulated by West here, or at least, you know, doesn't have like super, he doesn't fight this very much. Right. Like as soon black, as he, he blackmails him though, he kind of throws uh, it at him. Yeah. As he a, does blackmail at one point, but I yeah. mean, as soon as he sees that the reanimation thing works, he, he wants to know more. He's interested in it. I mean, he's a doctor. He he's, he's fascinated by it. But we only, right? we only really get that from that opening scene with him trying to save the person. Like he is just so enamored with making right. sure we can keep people alive. Not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, that's his motivation. He yeah. really wants to save everyone. And I think that's what he's doing. Not only is he right. being blackmailed by West with his little speech to him, but I deep down, he's like, if we could save everybody and nobody has to die, I think that's what's in his head. I mean, right. yeah, yeah, I agree. A good person, a good doctor, but, you know, but he, but you know, he's also like the big, like he's the boyfriend and he's like the kind of hero, like of this movie. Is he he's kind of a big guy? Well, I mean, he's, he, he's the stereotype of, right. Him, okay. Yeah. Like when you see him, he's the, he's the hunky, like he's the good looking kind of tall, you know, yeah, dark yeah, yeah. Hair yeah hero. And, and Herbert is kind of the nerdy, you know, mousy guy, but Dan isn't even good in the physical situations here. Right. So like he <laughs> fails in the mental stuff and the intellectual stuff and the moral stuff, but then he also fails when shit hits the fan. Like we, like we need Dan to help Megan here. And like Dan just gets his ass beat every time he deals with anything. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's definitely not your stereotypical like hero of the story. He's yeah, constantly when- getting pummeled. Yeah, when when the when the dean comes and he's being been brainwashed and lobotomized or whatever to get Megan, he just throws Dan against the wall and takes Megan. Yeah. When all those bodies come to life, Dan can't fight them off, can't can't do anything. Really the unsung heroes of this movie are like uh the dean and when when like when, yeah. when dean becomes undead and 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 like is going crazy and like all of his his physical acting in this movie is great. I think the Dean here is awesome. Yeah. And he saves the day at the end, or at least, you know, and that's the other thread of this movie that I find so interesting is how, you know, even these reanimated corpses still are attached to us in some way. And they kind of go through that throughout the movie with, you know, her constantly wanting to talk to her dad and thinking she can get through to him. And Herbert's even like, you know, that's part of the point he's trying to prove with this reanimation is they can respond. You know, when he calls out to the one and tells it to stop, it it, it hesitates. I really like that here. I like that. I think that's good stuff. Yeah, I agree. And I, I like how, you know, even though Herbert is, kind of the catalyst here and he's going to create chaos wherever he goes and that kind of stuff. He at least has a code. He at least has like a belief system. Like everything's about getting more data, you know? So if, if, okay, okay. We've had a mistake. Uh, the Dean has been killed. Let's, this is the freshest body we can get. Let's use this to our advantage yeah. and get 
you know, get data from this. But he has a code once... in the l- in the loosest sense of the term. He's code. a scientist. No, like... he he is the code of. <laughs> he's a scientist. He's it's the code all about of a getting scientist. more data. Yeah. He needs the yeah. data. He d- and he doesn't care how he gets it. Done. Same right. when he kills Hill. He he kills Hill, and he's like, I got a severed head. Yeah. I better see what happens when you when you inject separate parts pieces instead of the whole. And it's all about getting more data. We say that Dan buys into this and kind of goes along with it, though. But really, it's just Herbert manipulating him the entire time. Sure. He pushes the oh, agenda. Yeah. 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 So now, that, that one body that when they get down to the morgue and they're going to do the first experiment, you know, they sneak. Uh, was it Dan sneaks Herbert into the morgue? Uh, don't lose your thought there. But I wanted to bring this up because of this in this particular scene when they're wheeling Herbert in on the gurney. Yeah. Did you notice he, he's got his shoes off? So it yeah. appears as though there's a corpse there. He has a toe tag on his toe. And when yeah. he starts putting his shoes and socks on, he leaves it on. He leaves it on. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> he puts yeah, his I guess sock no on time to over the toe tag. Yeah. But I think it's so funny when they're in there and he's telling him to record it in the flashlight. Okay, they're looking at a dead body. I mean, they go through the ball. He says, okay, this one died, blah, blah, blah. Why is Dan looking at the guy's junk? I mean, he's looking at the guy's body and looks downstairs. He's checking the body for damage. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, he was like, at the dead man's junk, man. He was like, he's like me, man. He's always looking for pubes. Looking for so pubes. He's looking for pubes. <laughs> pubes positive. No, I agree with Eric. I think he's just checking the body for damage. I thought the same thing when he first lifted the sheet up. I was like, why is he looking at this dude, dead dude's ding ding? But uh, he's checking out the <laughs> cock. Ding ding. He's checking out his cat. But hey, another question. What is special about the guy that gets reanimated, the actor that is doing that? He plays a stunt double for a big-time character who used to be a governor. All right, well, this is the perfect time for this segment. Almost Famous. I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what, that guy was in that movie that was out last year. I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. All right, Jason, well, who, who is he? Hey, it's funny. We look at his judge. His name is Peter Kent. Jesus Christ, Jason. <laughs> but uh, he is the stuntman for Arnold in T2 and most of all of his movie. He plays his body stunt double. I'm almost wondering if he's the infamous guy on the motorcycle. I was about to say, he's the stunt double I can see on the motorcycle. In the motorcycle <laughs> I think scene. he may be because that's he says he is like his primary stunt double in most of Arnold's movies. Well, that's funny. I mean, I have a note that, you know, they shouldn't have reanimated such a huge jacked dude. <laughs> yeah. That was the right. Like, they reanimated like the biggest dude. I mean, I know they were trying to find like a, a relatively undamaged right. body, but uh, yeah. I mean, he he's tossing people around big time. Well, what do you, as far as, I mean, obviously he's not going to be almost famous. I mean, he's been in some big movies, but we don't ever. I don't really know. There's see not him. much in this movie. I got two people. From. I got two. Go for it. I mean, I, I did write Jeffrey Combs because, I mean, we all seen The Frighteners, and I loved him in The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. I've seen it once. I don't really remember much about it. Dude, I've seen that movie so many times. Man, that's good, dude. Come yeah, on. we might have to go back to He that was on House on Haunted Hill, Cellar Dweller, which I haven't seen that in a while, and then all the other uh, Reanimator and Stuart Gordon stuff. But uh, the guy I had, because I actually recognized him from watching lots of TV with my grandparents and my parents, but was the uh, guard, Mace, uh, Gary Black. Mm-hmm. Dude, he was on King of Queens for a long time. He's played in The Majestic, Howling Six, Hill Street Blues for 
almost the whole run. Death Warrant. He was in National Lampoon's Vacation. Volcano. Mr. Mom. Dang. And But I remember him from Hill Street Blues because my family watched that all the time. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, my God. I, I had to look it up because I'm like, why do I know this guy's face? And I'd say, that's it. But, I mean, he's been he's a terrible security guard in this movie. Yeah, yes. when somebody shows up, I'm going on coffee break. This guy is worthless. Even, yeah, even when he finally shows up, he's he's armed. Yeah. And we need him, and he goes, I'm going to go call the police. I'm, I'm, <laughs> he leaves. I'm, I'm like, dude, you are worthless. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but uh, before the third act happens and they get into the morgue, he goes, he's like, he goes on his little break with his nudie magazine. He was totally wanking it in the bathroom, dude. Oh, yeah, totally. He could have just stuck around. He had a show there in the morgue. Right. That did not cross my mind. I don't. You're weird, bro. Dude, he's looking but, at a nudie magazine and he goes, well, it's time for a break. And he folds it oh, up and man. takes it to the bathroom. That's exactly Yikes. what he was doing. I don't know, dude. That didn't got, cross my mind, I guess. Uh, but we, I'm going to go with uh, John Forker. He was. Sounds uh, like a great forking guy. Yeah, he is. Uh he was the host- he was a hospital visitor, uncredited. <laughs> um, I'm like, who are you talking about? He also played driver in Wayne's World and a funeral attendee in Hereditary. Wow, he's still working today. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can um, always go with Barbara Crampton if you know that. I, I mean, mean, honestly, I mean, she. You could name the almost famous segment the Barbara Crampton segment because she. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, Barbara Crampton's the the go to. She there. is the girl you've seen in all kinds of movies, but I guarantee you, the general population does not know her first name, <laughs> nope. a little less her last <laughs> name. She's a good follow on Twitter too. I don't know if you. I think I do follow her on Twitter actually. Yeah. Yeah, she's always doing stuff with the horror community. And but stuff. yeah, she's, I mean, she's managed to stay throughout the 80s to the 90s to now. I mean, she's she's still still making horror movies, but I don't think she's a household, quote unquote, household name. And Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah. So that's definitely my pick for almost famous. Yeah, I'll go with you on I that. I can agree with that. Like that and John Forker. And John Forker, who was in Hereditary as yeah funeral guy. <laughs> funeral attendee. <laughs> You guys don't remember John Forker and Hereditary in the funeral scene in the background? He's a blurry smudge on the screen in the background. <laughs> that dude's awesome. All right, we re- reanimate Arnold's uh, stuntman here, and he freaking trashes the whole place with both of them. Throw it, like you said, Dan gets his ass handed to him. Yeah. Dan always gets and his then ass the handed. And Dean shows him. up because he's trying to run Dan out of the damn hospital because they told he had told somebody to. If he shows up, don't let him work here because basically they're kicking them both out of school. As they should. As yeah. they should. But, dude, I mean, that's when the dean shows up. First, he gets a door slammed on top of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, when you become reanimated, <laughs> you have superhuman strength. You can knock down a freezer door. <laughs> yeah. So, especially when you're, you know, that big. Yeah. And, you know, you got Arnold running through you, I guess, or something. I don't know. But he knocks him down, but he picks him up. Dude, that part where he bites his fingers off. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Dude, I love that. That's this, so this is, good. <laughs> this is really a nice little uh, point in the movie where you get some good makeup effects, and and even though I can kind of see, I can kind of see behind the scenes a little bit when it comes to putting the bone saw through the guy's chest. It, it, you can kind of see the fake body and whatnot there a little bit, especially you know watching it on the special Arrow Edition 4K Blu-ray. Um, but, 
like he had to put that in there, didn't he? I'm just Get kidding. The, <laughs> I'm just 4K kidding. 4K steelbook. I'm Arrow just kidding. Edition. There's no 4K for this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I love everything that's happening here. And then you've got Herbert just pulling everything out of the air, trying to make excuses for what's going on when the security card finally gets there. It's it's a really fun scene and just a, a great effect spectacular here, in my opinion. Yeah, shit's hit the fan. Dean gets his teeth knocked out, his head smashed, he gets fingers bit off. Like, from the moment when he gets his head smashed and his teeth are gone, like, I love the way he looks throughout the rest of this movie. It's so goofy yeah. looking, but... But also kind of scary, yeah. Like, he's, yeah, as all his teeth fell out. But the actor sells it. I mean, the actor playing the Dean here is is awesome. I, I feel like he's, like, the MVP of all of the the walking corpses in this. He is the MVP, and I'll tell you why. Dean Halsey, he gets flattened by a door, gets beaten to death, get his fingers bitten off, okay? He gets reanimated. Then he gets... Lobotomized. Lobotomized. And then he gets torn limb from limb (laughs) and killed again. All to protect his daughter, (laughs) even as a brain-dead reanimated corpse. Lobotomized, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, he really really pays... Pays for it in this movie, but after all this goes down, we've also got Hill uh, uh, kind of chipping into this this sub subplot here of him being the creepy old guy pondering after a young woman, and this you know he's I want you to think of me as someone you can come to with your problems or if you're ever lonely like this right he's hitting on her right after his her father is literally on the other side of a piece of glass yeah. Looking in, in that shape, yeah, she's just lost her father, and he is, he is so gross, yeah. It's creepy. I mean, it's creepy enough the way he looks. And not only that, if you think about it, the way he tries to look and act, the original person they wanted to play Dr. Hill was Christopher Lee. So think about it. Oh, oh that makes yeah, total perfect. sense. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's who they wanted, but but he, he They got themselves a, a, a great replacement. A pretty close <laughs> replacement, yeah. Yeah, that guy has such a long face, and he's tall and kind of... Except yeah. for that horrible hair piece he's wearing through the whole fucking movie. <laughs> well, that and like his teeth are kind of like weird. Yeah, they're kind of misshapen and 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 they're almost long, like dude. Yellow and yeah, he's not a very attractive dude in my opinion. <laughs> no, I don't think he's supposed to be. Now, apparently, there was a, a, we talked about there being things cut from this movie, and there was also this whole subplot of Doctor Hill being like this hypnotist. Yeah, I read that. And you can get you get fine little hints of that throughout this, but I watched Well, that would make sense on how he controls the other corpses. Well, and they they liken that to the the um the laser thing, the laser right. stuff. Uh that's how he's laser. doing it with them. But yes, I mean that would lean that would make Better. that a lot more believable, but apparently and I watched some of these deleted scenes or extended scenes that they cut down um the whole dinner scene with the Dean and Hill, he's kind of like hypnotizing the Dean and sort of trying to get mind control over him for hmm. like trying to be part of Megan's life, which makes it even creepier. And then there's also when, when he finds out that the Dean is actually dead and he goes to confront Herbert about it, there's a scene that was cut down where he kind of hypnotizes Herbert and that's how he gets the research. He, Cause 
we've seen from Herbert so far, like he's not one to let go of his research and just give it away to somebody. Yeah. And yeah, that whole yeah. that whole scene where they're going back and forth, like they're I mean, he's even staring him down, and you can see Herbert's eyes. It's kind of like he's glassed over. Yeah, and that was well, intended. Yeah, I mean that line where he says, you know, do what I say yep. or whatever. You will do what I tell you to do. Yeah, like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that does seem like a, a hypnotist you know, something a hypnotist would say, but, uh, but let's remember that Herbert, yes, gives him the stuff, but then promptly kills him. Yeah. Dude, and that's a great kill scene too, with the, the flathead oh, shovel. Yeah. Yep. Dude, you can hear it go into this flesh, go mm-hmm. through the bone and into the concrete. And then you see it roll. <laughs> I was like, great job. But I mean, again, this is all going to be more in, in the name of research. He immediately just starts injecting this head with the serum. My favorite part of this is when he's, st- Sticks his yeah. head on the damn the nope. the, oh, the, the note the, thing. I don't know what that thing's called, but it's the thing you stack yeah, notes it's like on. Like the receipt holder, yeah, like a receipt or note holder. <laughs> just, I was about to say the same thing, dude. I laughed my ass off when I, I mean, watched it because I think I forgot about that. And that when he shoved it, yeah. I mean, this is a case hilarious. where the comedy just absolutely works here. Like it's not. I mean, it's cheesy, but it's it's cheesy in the best way possible. And I, I even I, when I was watching this and I was writing my notes down, I was like, was this all a power play to 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 give him the research and then be able to to experiment on him? But the way it all goes down, it really didn't go that way. But that was the only thing I could really fathom before the scene played out of why Herbert would even give his research to him was so he could give it to him because he knows Hill's going to do something wrong. But. Again, it, it didn't play out that way, but that was something I was thinking about when that scene was playing out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think in the moment you're like, why is he doing this? But then he just kills him. So I figure yeah. maybe he was, I guess he just fit, you know, yeah. who knows with, with Dr. Gruber might've been a similar situation. We don't really know how Gruber went down. We just know that he, yeah, we, we know he wasn't dropped off a building. Right. Yeah. He was reanimated. So how did he die in the first place? Right. But while but yes. all this is going on, we've got Megan and, and Dan trying to figure out what the deal is. She She's very concerned for her father. She doesn't understand what's going on here. Um, Dan, I mean, what I really love about Megan's character here is from the moment all this happens, she tells Dan, that's it. We're done. And even though he comes to her aid and saves her and whatnot and or attempts to save her in the end and all of that good stuff. There's never a moment where she seems forgiving towards him. Even in the third act when all the shit's going down and she's making her power play towards Hill and talking to her dad and whatnot, there's never a, a glimpse of her doing anything for Dan here. Or at least I don't see it that way. I feel like she really is genuinely done with Dan once all this stuff goes down. Well, she does say in the house before her dad comes in, her lobotomized dead dad comes in. Uh, she does say like, I tried to hate you or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And they do share a moment of yeah, an embrace. But uh, yeah, I mean, she does have her head on her shoulders. She's, well, she does. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> she also has no one else in her life. You right. Know what I mean, right. Yeah, that's, that's true. But dude, the Megan folder. That's what I was about to get to. 
creep factor. If you didn't have any idea what was going on here and needed proof for it, here you go. Like, he has her fucking hair in a file folder, dude. This fucking so gross. I think there was some clothes in the back, maybe some undies or something in the back of that folder, too. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, you're a panty sniffer, too. What's going on? <laughs> Creepy old scary motherfucker. He's definitely a panty sniffer. Yeah, yep. dude. For sure. I mean, like, cause he's got all her little cutouts from anything she had done. Like you said, the lock of hair. What? <laughs> Doc, Dr. Hill, the panty yeah. creeper. There you go. <laughs> but dude, you're, I mean, you can even kind of see Dan. He's just like, this is his face. Like what the fuck? Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, that ain't nothing compared to what happens in the next little bit. But well, <laughs> You know, here's another part where the comedy in this movie really works for me is when you got this headless body walking around and all of the physical comedy within Herbert's or within Hill's office and like trying to get the shit, out of the, the blood out of the refrigerator. And it's just this bum. Like, it's so stupid, <laughs> but it works so well in this movie. Yeah, for me. we've really like, descended into like super silly at yeah, this point. We've yeah. had like a little tongue-in-cheek comedy but yeah once this like headless body's like fumbling around the the office and knocking things over it's even fun it's, watching the head go from a physical the physical actor's head to the to the prop right. you know like yeah, in yeah. certain scenes where it switches like that it's all it's all working for me but i re i really love anytime they've got the the actor playing dr hill you know under a table or whatever and his head's actually doing the movements and whatnot yeah I love that all always that. looks good yeah I, I also like when he puts the the anatomy uh like the the head the false the, head the rubber yeah. the false head on the body to sneak into the morgue and that kind of stuff. And Mace goes to go jerk off in the bathroom because somebody's <laughs> there. Josh has already pointed that out. Maybe the guy had to take a shit. I'm just I'm trying to stick up for Mace here. You know? Maybe you needed to do number two and number three, taking care of one while you're going number two. I don't oh know. my what God, Jason. Is that what three is? I, <laughs> I don't know. Never heard What's that. four? You tell me, bro. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of some numbers here. But I mean, Josh is the one that said that's what he was doing. I'm just going with Josh. Yeah, you guys figure it out between the two of you. I've already got it figured out. Jason can go wherever he wants with his number three and number four and number five. You're you're doing too many steps in the bathroom for me, my friend. <laughs> I'm not that coordinated. I have to focus. But I, even though I love all this stuff with Dr. Hill and the head and the pan and whatnot, the whole putting blood in there and him like, like, like this is the part it of it. This is the whole gist of this that just makes no sense whatsoever because there's no way that blood can recirculate in his head like the whole idea behind that makes no sense because there's no heart well i mean yes he wouldn't be it. able to speak either because he wouldn't be able to push any air through his voice box right yeah, he, lungs, ha he, has he has no, no vocal cords he has no neck i'm just yeah, saying so, i mean my my point my point is is all of this is just as silly as the machine gun that i had problems with in maximum overdrive exactly <laughs> exactly yeah yeah basically but I mean, I even like when he opens, he has the, the head in a bag and he opens it and he says, that's much better. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have lungs. Why do you need to breathe? Right. <laughs> what the fuck? Old habits, man. Old habits. You bring that up. It's a good time for. You're going to need a bigger quote. Jason, did you do your job this week? I do my job every week, brother. All right, hit us with some taglines, sister. Taglines, taglines, taglines. Okay, we'll go with the short one first. 
death is just the beginning. That one's all right. That one's all right. It's fine. It sounds like a zombie. It'll scare you to pieces. <laughs> that's that's. Hey, yeah. hey folks, I didn't write them. I'm just reading them. So. <laughs> All right, and <laughs> this is the long one. Remember, it's the '80s. You always have at least one paragraph. All right, let me get my finger. Let me get my finger on the button. All right, here we go. Herbert West has a very good head on his shoulders. Dot dot dot. And another one in a dish on his desk. I like that. Nice. <laughs> There's actually a shorter version of that on the poster. It says Herbert West has a good head on his shoulders and another one on his desk. Nice. So that's pretty good. But the same poster does say it will scare you to pieces also. So yeah. who knows? Quote. Uh, I'll go first. Birth is always painful. Mm, yeah. I struggled a little bit with quotes in this one. I was hard, having a hard time finding some good ones. But, oh, dude. Um, one that I got here is when Herbert and Dan are talking about doing their their experiment and whatnot. He goes, what are they going to do? Embalm us? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, I don't even remember that one. <laughs> I got one from our good buddy Mace, the jerking off uh, guard here. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why they keep locked doors here. Nobody wants in and ain't nobody getting out. <laughs> I like when Herbert says to the, I think it's to the Dean. He says, doctor, welcome back to life. <laughs> kind of nice little, uh, yeah. Nice little crazy doctor, you know, mad scientist uh, line. They had made a comment when he was willing and Herbert about what was under there. And then he opens up the goes, walks by the one corpse. Here's your meatball. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because for a first time in VHS Files history, I had a quote written down that I could not fucking remember the context of it. <laughs> and it was, here's your meatball. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, because so, remember when, when he walked in, he uh, Mace started to lift up the, the thing and he says something about, oh, it's something about a meatball under here. And he's like, meatball? And then when they walked in there, he says, here's your meatball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Meatball got hit by a bus or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I like when Doctor Hill said, is just ahead, and he says, "West, you bastard." <laughs> That's his first words after he dies, comes back to life. You got one, Josh? Yeah, I like when at the when we get to the third act here, and Herbert makes his uh, entrance. He says, "Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow." <laughs> that's that's my favorite one of the whole I, I love one. that one I like the one when the, they're down there uh, injecting the serum mm -hmm. the, uh, the dean and you hear Megan holler and he goes damn it bitch yeah <laughs> because she happens to show up he does not like Megan at all he, he doesn't no. he doesn't like anybody dude like the only reason the people around him exist in this movie is for him to get what he wants he cares nothing for them he doesn't care about Dan he only cares about him and his research right. That's all I had. You said the good one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, not a ton of memorable uh, quotes in this one, but nonetheless, I mean, uh, we're talking about all this stuff within this movie, and as 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 dumb fun as this movie is, I have to respect the fact that it kind of goes into some of these areas that we've been touching on with the subplot with the creepy teacher and Megan, and then the whole aspect of bringing things back to life. 
and it, it just it all works together so well here. Whereas in you know if this would have been in anybody else's hands or in a cheaper budget or something like that, I, I can see this as being another one of those lost movies that sat on the shelves and nobody ever watched. Yeah, it's it's just it's crazy how those little things about this movie are really I think what keeps this movie continues with this movie to be a part of horror culture. Yeah. I, I think also like at its core, the idea of like the, 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 the philosophical ideas of death, mm-hmm. people arguing about when death starts and what is life and, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff is just an interesting idea that, you know, is a little deeper than someone's killing everybody in this movie. Right. Like there, there's at least like a central, like moral question of should you be messing with this you know and, and that goes back to the the frankenstein story exactly yeah, yeah exactly yeah this the same moral questions that frankenstein is dealing with yeah this movie reminded me of another fairly popular movie in the 80s as well and we'll get to that towards the end here back to the future how'd you know everything is related <laughs> to back to the future was Michael J. Fox cast for this too? This is just another alternate timeline. Dr. Hill is the doc. <laughs> <laughs> doc don't do that. No, to I doc. can't Dude, do that. I can't do that to Doc Brown. Come on, man. That is I, I don't even like joking about that. Doc Brown is a treasure. Uh, yeah, go sit in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Something, dude. You don't talk about the doc that way, man. Come on. What if Jeffrey Combs was Marty? <laughs> <laughs> You would have been a good George, actually. You don't know nothing about time travel. <laughs> this is just the horror version of Back to the Future. <laughs> it does not take 1.21 gigawatts. It takes 1.35 gigawatts. It takes 6 to 12 gigawatts. <laughs> gigawatts? <laughs> 6 to 12. Okay. Well, we are at the disturbing part of the movie here. When uh, her dad had broke into the house again, manhandled Dan because Dan can't fight for shit. Dan's useless, and he shows up Come with on, Barbara. Dan. I mean, not Barbara, but Megan at the morgue again. Where is the freaking dude? I mean, he must be backed up or something because the the security guard's been in the bathroom for a while at this point. I told you, man. He's, he's got his boudoir magazine. <laughs> he's, he's gonna be there. He's gonna be a minute. Maybe he's single. He's gonna be a minute. He might be single. I don't know. <laughs> you know, take care of some things, you know, Get a little swollen down there, but, but, he, uh, oh, but all, all of this with Hill and the body carrying his head around and, and like mid torso and all of that effects work that they do with this here. I, I love every minute of this. It's, oh, it is so good. fun. Yeah. Well, I mean the whole part of it, even when he's, when he, they throw Barbara down and he has his body ripper clothes up, which dude is her like clothes in every movie. Just like, removable with one hand you just grab and wipe them off because i mean dude they just come right off like done (laughs) apparently the reanimated bodies are very strong in this because dan cannot break the grip of any if anything's got a hold of dan he's done for they've got super kung fu grip these things yeah especially the one coming later yeah (laughs) yeah it does i mean it's like what but dan like you need a freaking axe to get through this like this grip but i mean that whole part where you know Barbara's unconscious and he's there, and then they start talking, and that whole thing when when he picks up his head and he starts licking the side of her face, oh, and then, so gross, uh, so gross, sucking on her nipple, like dude, this is rape. 
This is ex- this is yeah this yeah. Is I mean, this is where things get really icky. Is and, what this is happening? Is it and, yeah. is it necrophilia rape? Is it different when uh, it's backwards when the dead guy is raping the live woman? Yeah. Well, what would that be? Reverse necrophilia? Reverse necrophilia. Yeah. Oh, who cares? <laughs> he invented it for movies. Reverse necrophilia. Eric has such a disgusted look on his face right now. No, that's just me trying to think of a word that I could use for that and trying to like reverse it, but I can't. <laughs> necrophilia, break open a cold one. come on lock it up just for the scene (laughs) scene i mean you think that we're about to get you know like he's going down on her with a head oh yeah thank god that they get interrupted yeah i I mean and herbert and him just show up him and dan are in the morgue you know when you're watching a movie and you're like somebody needs to interrupt this somebody needs to interrupt (laughs) this and you're just like waiting it's like how has no one interrupted this yet how is this still good? <laughs> and then your mom walks in. <laughs> and then my mom walks in. It's gnarly. It's, I mean, yeah, it's just not something you normally see on I've in never a, seen in a regular again. movie. Never, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's icky. Well, I mean, there are, there are those necromantic movies that I haven't seen. I own. I haven't seen them. But... What I'll, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what is he talking about? What Jason? the hell? Josh, babe, we're brothers here, man. We need to have a talk. <laughs> Jason, you you know I you, I know these you fictional know films I'm, or these documentaries, the or? necromancer movies or whatever. It's like you, I know you've heard of them. That's not what you said. Yeah, you didn't say I've necromancer. It's important. You, you said necromantic. I thought it. I don't know. No, it is necromantic. Sorry. Yeah. Is it necromantic? Yeah. You're necromantic. I know. Is that what Doctor Hill is? He's just that, being necromantic. That's what this is. That's what this whole scene is. Is necromantic. <laughs> He's a hopeless necromancer. What we don't see is the candles lit in the corners, you know, rose petals on the ground. Right. Know, he was just trying to make the girl feel special. Yeah, some Barry White oh, playing Jesus. in the background. Hey, baby. I heard I hear you've never had decapitated head before. I'm gonna make this special for you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but we do see eventually oh. things come around here and 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 we do see that there is some weight to the fact that uh Megan's father still does recognize her in some capacity. Um, yeah, he saves the day. I mean, they were all done for. Yeah. And you talk about these these guys having kung fu grip. He definitely has some kung fu grip when he grabs hold of Hill's head and s- crushes that shit. That scene is yeah, awesome. And, <laughs> and then they pull his body into pieces too. I mean, they've Yeah. Well, remember they, they had the fight scene, and then uh, Stuart, or I keep saying, but, but uh, Herbert goes up behind him, and he says, "Remember, I told you I had this thing," and he freaking juices him, yeah. like shoots him up, to, and that's when he's able to like totally just destroy his head. Well, no, he and, juices up the 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 headless core body. He, I thought yeah, he yeah, juiced yeah. up her dad. No, he does it to the headless. No, he, he no, does it no. To Hill. He does it to Hill's. Hill's oh. body is attacking the back. Oh, of I totally forgot about dean. that. That's right. But for some yeah. reason, I thought but he see, stabbed him in the back. That helps the Dean finish off Hill's head, but then Hill's body turn has tentacles shooting. No, it's his intestines. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, but I mean, I'm saying tentacles because it it operates like a tentacle. Yeah, and we're talking about Lovecraft here, but yeah, I mean, wh- I don't, what exactly happens yeah, there? That, There's like a light coming out of his body. It's almost like an entrance to another realm or something. My next something. note literally was, so what the fuck is this thing that comes out and grabs <laughs> Herbert? Because it's not explained. It's not now, It's not his penis, which we would probably think that. It is his intestines. 
but he's is is West is in these other films, right? So yeah, that's one thing. I, it appears that he dies. Here, uh, that's but. one thing I made a note of is they leave Herbert kind of open ended. Like you're supposed to assume, like all this gas is going on in the in the lab now, and I think a fire breaks out. And you don't know at the end of this movie what's happened to Herbert. He throws his research all over to Dan. Dan yeah, takes it. Take it. Yeah, yeah. Take my notes. So, yeah, at, at yeah. the end of this movie, you really don't have any idea. Well, you know, you're to assume that Herbert passed with. with but you have seen the future films, yes? I have not seen the sequels. I haven't either. Oh, oh okay. But, it, but, oh, he, but he is a we'll character in both of them. Yeah. So, so well, I know does. he's. A, yeah, I know he is. So I'm just curious, you know, if they I'm sure they answer that somehow but one of the one of the coolest things i think they do here with this story is no holds barred they kill megan in the end yeah yeah with the kung fu grip of the, the zombie yep that's exactly what i was alluding to earlier like he cannot <laughs> he has to take an axe to this guy to get his fucking that, dan, yeah they must be strong as shit dude yeah either dan just needs to hit the gym maybe some creatine you know right. maybe steroids i don't know but Megan dies. We take her upstairs. He's trying to resuscitate her. And again, he doesn't want to give up. And yeah. but you know what's going to happen? It's a horror movie. Sure. Yeah. Everybody makes bad decisions. I, well, right. just, you've got the bag. Yeah, you've got the bag. Clearly, it's time to. And that leads me to what I was alluding to earlier. With, with this movie, reminded me of another movie, and it was Pet Cemetery. I have a note. Uh, I wanted to talk about Pet Cemetery too, because you've got a cat. Yep. You start with a cat coming back from the dead. You're dealing with. Do you let the dead be dead? I mean, it's the same thing without the serum. If you really think about it, you just got a yeah, yeah. an Indian burial burial ground in place of a scientist, a scientist, and a serum. Yep, exactly. And and you know, it's the Lovecraft story. I don't. I've never read it. I assume that predates. Oh, it does. That was like oh, 1922. Sure, yeah. 1922 is when that. That's what I'm was. saying. Like it's so it's Stephen old. King ripped off Lovecraft. Actually, when did Pet Cemetery come out? I think eighty nine. Yeah, so yeah. this was before that as well. So oh, the book, but when did the book? Well, the, I think the, the book was eighty. I'm just talking about the film, but yeah. So yeah. yeah, I mean, Lovecraft was definitely way before that. Yeah, and what, yeah. I mean, does does King dig into this stuff, or is this just stuff that pops up in literature all the time? Like you know, well, I think most common uh, writers are probably influenced by H.P. Lovecraft in some form or another. Yeah, sure, um, yeah. Like and people nowadays are influenced by King, right? You always and, have well, a little and touch. and like you were talking about. Uh, you know mary shelley as well yeah you know with that stuff yeah um and lovecraft took it's just her. interesting to to think of like but the cat connection is the to yeah. me like the 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 real like oh wow these are really similar they're not just dealing with like the same ideas but they really start off with a cat the cat kind of brings me to another comparison too and this one that we talked about a couple episodes ago and that's uh night of the creeps yeah yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Night of the Creeps. Oh. Also, just in the sense of scale, too, the scale of the film. Right. It, You know. All right, well, this is the horror section. This is a horror movie. Therefore, it's time for Talk Kills. My favorite kill in this movie is the decapitation of Dr. Hill with the shovel. That's a good one. I second that, but I'll change mine because that's what I had. Because, you know, rapist, creepy guy needs to be killed. What do you got, Eric? I'll go with bone saw through the back. I like it. I like it's it. It's gnarly. I like it a lot. Well, since you took that one, I'm going to go from when the Dean crushes his fucking head. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if anything, like, you can take, he, he dies the first time, 
And then creepy rapist guy needs to die again. <laughs> so there's double exactly. justice there. Yeah, double justice. Other than those, I mean, do we have any other cool kills we like? I mean, that's my top. It's just, I mean, rapey guy needed to die anyway. I agree. No, I mean, that's my my top one was Dr. Hill, whether it was the first kill or the second one. He's my, he's my favorite person who dies in this movie. <laughs> I like the Dean getting torn to pieces, too. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, right. well... The good, the bad, the ugly. Why? Why? <laughs> All right. As my pick this week, I'm going to start the good for me. The reagent, the green glowy liquid. I fucking love it so much. Oh, that's my good as well. <laughs> it's the best thing in the movie. I, yeah. Along with the gore and the makeup and uh, the, the the way the comedy hits, all of that stuff is great here. Barbara Crampton is great here. Love all that stuff. When when you think of Reanimator, you think of that glowing green yep. reagent. Yes. That much. next to, that is first to Doctor Hill's head is second <laughs> at this point. Uh, the bad, uh, the bad is I wish I would have seen this movie sooner. I wish I would have grew up watching this thing all the time. So I had even more of a love for it. I think this is a great new addition to my, you know, horror knowledge. I, I'm so, I'm so sad that I didn't see this when I was younger or at least wasn't interested enough to watch it when I was younger. And, um, my ugly is, um, Dan's kind of useless here. I think... You know, in the end, I don't know how much good Dan actually does. I think he does more damage than good here. And um, the death of Megan is handled a little poorly. Like, she dies very fast, and it's, it seems to serve for the ending of the movie. And I think they could have done it a little bit better. I think the way she dies is kind of... so. Yeah, she could have had a more dramatic death than just yeah being choked. So You don't even really see her die. You kind of think she's alive still yeah when he's carrying her and then you go oh she's dead mm-hmm. what uh my good is the reagent like i said bad is um i'm gonna go with dan for my bad and ugly is the groping scene yeah it's just icky mm-hmm. i don't need it don't like it all right jason finish it up uh my my good love the 80s gore the cheese oh yeah oh it's give me so more good. uh I love how they, for 1985, they pushed the limits of the creepiness and the goriness and stuff like that and got away with it. It's still a pretty good movie. Uh, I love the Jeffrey Combs overacting. Yeah, it's I great. I love it. Yeah, Dude, it's it is, it's, it's so good. And, I mean, he keeps it up. through. I mean, even, like, in The Frightener, I don't know if you haven't seen it, he kind of does the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, he's he's basically the same character in um, From Beyond, too. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, bad, sucks that Rufus the cat died. I hate you know, animals getting killed. And cats are dumb. Doctor Hill's hairpiece is fucking Dr. horrible. Hills. Uh, <laughs> the ugly is uh, headless rapist Doctor Hill, <laughs> just because he's. I mean, come <laughs> on, dude, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's icky, it's nasty, rapey. Rapey's never good, but I know, like, but that goes back to also my good. I like that they did push the envelope and everything the limits of this film but yeah you still can't cheer up for a rapist so, so that's my opinion. I think that might do it for our conversation about Reanimator here had a good time watching this one again man I, 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 the more I watch this movie the more I love it and uh, I'm sure it'll be 
uh, regular viewing going forward for me. Yeah, it's fun to, fun to revisit for sure. It's definitely uh, next October. I'll watch it. It'll be. A, it's definitely a Halloween series for me. Something you could watch that time. And I have Bride of Reanimator here. I'm planning on watching it pretty soon. I I got to get my hands on Beyond Reanimator, but you could probably look forward to those coming up in a horror section in the future because I would definitely love to watch those and talk about them. We'll do those next September. <laughs> well, we are going into <laughs> October, and Reanimator is kind of kicking off our October, and we know we are going to be coming back with our next episode is going to be the original Evil Dead. So we yes. have that to look forward yes. to. Eric's been looking forward to watching that one for a while, I think. So, Yeah, I've been wanting to revisit it. Um, it's been a while. Sam Raimi's always good. Yeah. I actually ha- owned that one on DVD with the whole Necronomicon. I bought it just because of the cover. I'm like, dude, it's foamy and gooey, man. <laughs> and when you open it, it looks like a Necron- Necronomicon. It's got the pages in it. It's pretty cool. Just don't read it aloud. <laughs> right. Yeah, like the idiot in the remake or any of the movies that read it aloud. Batu, Verada. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get out of here, I do want to say I was a guest on Silver Linings Playlist with our friend Nathan, and uh, we talked about the Brandon Cronenberg film Possessor. That should be hitting the airwaves, I think, next week. So please head over and check out our friends at Silver Linings Playlist and uh, listen to me talk about my opinions on the film Possessor. I was also on the Backlook Cinema podcast with Zach and So. Um, they are a father son team who watch older movies. The father kind of shows his son the movies he loved when he was a kid and they kind of talk about their opinions of them. And I was a guest talking about John Carpenter's vampires on their show. So I do believe it also hits the airwaves this weekend. So please go check out our friends in those two podcasts, Silver Linings Playlist and the Backlook Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe. You can reach us on any of the social medias at VHS Files Podcast. You can check out our YouTube channel. And until next time, be kind. Rewind. Pre-animator. Pre-animator. Write it down, folks. It's happening. Pre-animator. Pre-animator out 2025. It's over. been listening to the VHS Files presents The Horror Section. We drop new episodes every Friday, so make sure you're subscribed and leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast. Interact with us on all social media platforms at VHS Files Podcast. Email us your questions, comments, and movie suggestions at VHSFilesPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back. I mean, this, I, you know, <clears throat> the, um, you shut up. You shut up. You shut up. It's not a bobble head. It's like a bottle, bobble, bob, bob. What the fuck's in that coffee? It's a bobble body. Premature ejaculation. That's what happened to the. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we need makeup for the bush. What is that? What, what What's happening? Why are you laughing? I mean, I still watch a lot of horror. Horror. <laughs> I'm horror. still a horror fan. I don't know why I get left out of this horror fan thing, just because you guys watch some horror at younger ages than me. I'm not exactly. A uh, you're still uh, green behind the ears there, a little wet, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, Have you're one learner. You're still in like uh, you're still in like general general education. We're like in grad school, man. That's Dude, ridiculous. Dude, you're no, like, no, 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 no. You, you've watched enough horror films like to when me and Josh were maybe about 14. 
Listen, so. <laughs> I've still seen as many probably horror films. It's just in a smaller time period. Honestly, Eric, I, I, you probably have not seen some of the shit that I've seen. <laughs> You're probably right. You've seen more than me. I've but seen some shit, man. I'm no slouch. It's like we're, you know, we're we're all we're all seniors in high school. Maybe you're like, you know, you just turned 18, you know, and I'm still 17, and we're seniors. We're, yeah, we're all seniors. We're he's, still seniors. I'm not, I'm not like a freshman. I don't like where's horror movies. No, I've no, never seen a horror movie. No, I mean, we're I, we're all seniors, but Eric's riding the short bus in the remedial classes. Me and Josh <laughs> oh. are doing like trigonometry <laughs> of horror. We're in advanced classes. to Harvard of horror. We can't. <laughs> Jason and I can't do. We can't do trigonometry in real life, but we can fucking talk horror movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eric's no, no, smarter no. than both of us. It's not like sure. trigonometry. It's more like it's more like you guys did addition and subtraction for like five years before like longer than i did i did addition and subtraction for like a year you did it for five years and then we all went up from there you guys were watching schlock i've oh, seen schlock it's pretty good friday the 13th and all that bullshit you guys watch a bunch of schlock no, i say no 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 schlock no, 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 no. schlock that's what you got to get through to be up in this class buddy yeah, you better you get your, your shit dues. together you gotta watch shit like the stuff and evil bong and ginger dread man to get here. <laughs> that's, that's your ad addition is subtraction. Jason's hockey mask is on the top of the fucking cap and gown, buddy. You don't graduate until you get to those. <laughs> oh no. Too bad the podcast hasn't started yet. I think I'm gonna have to clue people into hey, if you haven't stuck around for after. The credits on our podcast you're missing out maybe you should take a listen yeah because there's little bloopers at the end of every episode it's usually uh embarrassing nah just for you nah just for you man just for you <laughs> just for you just for you no just for you no just for you i'm rubber and you're glue <laughs> just for you <laughs> just for you 